some kind of disturbance. I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Who are you people? I want a coffee! You, you, you are now to 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 Where love and life come together. Come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Hey, welcome to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Hope you are ready for a three-day weekend. If you're not, it's here anyway. So super <laughs> excited. Get the grill out. You know, it's the last of your summer memories and adventures. Uh, but we're super excited to be back. Thanks to our friends at My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group. Any big plan for the weekend? No, I'm going to relax a bit. How about you? I am in the middle, and I don't even know how this happened. I, I feel like my wife, she sweet-talked me right into it, but we've been doing a remodel on the kids' bathroom. And so we started last week with a demo, and then slowly through this week, we've been doing little things. So I will be laying tile all weekend long. So the fruits of my labor, that's what Labor Day weekend is going to feel like. And tile, if you don't get it right, ooh, I've done oh, that, know. and it's not easy just not to damper your spirits over no. the tile, but it's not easy. I realized halfway through the demo, I'm like, what did I get myself into? Why are you so pretty? Stop talking me into these things. She's like, <laughs> I love you. Ah, yeah. Like, Whatevs. But uh, kind of a sad week, though, coming off of the loss of Bob Barker. I, I have to say there's probably not a single person in listening range that has not spent a sick day home from school with saltine crackers and an episode of Price is Right. He hated to let go of that show. Every year he would be like, I need to retire. I'm getting older. I need to retire. And then he would work another year. Dead at the age of 99, considered the best MC of all time. What do you think, Ace? I mean, as a professional MC, I will say I've taken a lot of cues from the Bob Barker school of how to how to entertain the crowd, how to interact with contestants like he was the best. And what I love and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the Price is Right, the Bob Barker version was the new Price is Right. Like there was an original like just Q&A you know, kind of the early days of game shows. And then when they brought Bob in. He was there. It's like, hey, we, we, we need to breathe life into this and, and really just and I think they expected it to just be kind of another little, you know, short lived game show. And then it's decades long, you know, one of what less than a handful of game shows that's still in existence. And I love that. But my favorite, even though I have my own memories of Bob as a kid. My favorite is when my oldest daughter, Lennon, was a toddler and learning to talk. I'm pretty sure her third, like that was the first word. Her second word was babaka. Like she knew <laughs> she could be in the other room and she would hear that theme song, come on. And she would hear Rod Roddy, ah, come on down. And she would come around, babaka, babaka. And so when he passed and she messaged me, she was like, Bob Barker died. I know. I was like, I know. I was like, he's been your favorite for a long time. She's like, yeah. Like, I mean, she, she had that from like an early age and I don't even think she knew what she liked about it, but you know, of course, like any of us, Plinko and you know, the yodeler, you know, 
you know, that game, like she loved those as a toddler. And so that was just something about it that bonded her from a very young age. So that's how Bob, when, when I have my memories, she has hers too. And I love that about how generational he was. And what he did for animals, you know, he loved animals and he wanted animals to be properly sheltered and cared for and made that his mission. What a great life. So from more celebrity news, it was a bizarre week because we've got Elton John falling down in his house, mm -hmm. going to the hospital a day. He's fine. Then we had Adele falling down. It was sort of like the falling down week. She has a lot of back problems. It took everybody to get her back up. She's strengthened her core. She's a lot more fit these days, and she did it because she has such a problem with her back. But it gave out, and yeah. she went down, and it scared everybody. But she's going to be okay. So we've got lots of falling down in the news. And then the funniest story to me coming out of the U.S. Open. Some of the players are saying, I can't concentrate and play the game because of the marijuana smell at the u.s open it's common on this particular outer court yeah. to be hit with that pungent smell and they can't concentrate they're complaining and the u.s open officials say we know it smells like snoop dogg's living room <laughs> but what are we going to do? We can't control people smoking pot in the park next door. So get used to it. And what one person even said, she needs to chillax and just relax about the smell of the pot and concentrate on the game. But I just think it's so strange. Well, yeah, I mean, we've all been at concerts when, you know, someone lights up and you know it as soon as it's there. You didn't like leave out of there, you know, somehow high. So, you know, it's not affecting your game in any way. You're just not used to it, which, you know, be happy about that. But it 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 is more of a commonality as it becomes more and more legal. Uh, but uh, could you imagine, though, playing the sport? While you're a little, you know, high, that, that, that within itself sounds like its own Olympic event. You'd be like, oops, I missed it. Well, I'll Never get mind. it the next time. Bring it me takes a the snack, competitive you know? bone right out. Yeah. You lost. Oh, it's all right. Um, I gave it my all. <laughs> it's, oh, it's a reality show about to be birthed. You know, that. <laughs> Right into talking about how God is never disappointed in you. Mm. I love this so much. Chances are you think you get covered up in shame. I don't know. I think it's happened to all of us pretty much. That thing that we did that plagues us and we think that made the Lord so unhappy. God does hate sin, but he hates it because it's opposed to truth, beauty, his loving will, and a yeah. desire to protect us. You know, it's not about you, bad, bad person. It's about, I love you so much. I want you to grow in me. And that's the best for you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, we all know what it's like to have those parts of our past that we regret. But the thing that I love is as much as we sometimes can misinterpret God as this wrath, you know, ready to strike us, he's very empathetic and very, if, if nothing else, when we have those moments of guilt, realizing that just surrender that to me 
and I can help free you of all of the pain that you continue to carry. Like, yes, you're not proud of yourself for the things that you've done, but look at you now. Look how you've grown. Look at the things that you've accomplished in spite of those things. And that's been with my help. That's been with me guiding you along the step when you've learned to listen to me. So, I mean, if anything, he's proud of us. Like, look, I know you could do it. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> One thing that really helped me is Joseph Prince, the Singaporean pastor, and his books on grace. We are truly the righteousness of Christ. So as God looks upon us, and I have a lot that I regret about my past, but when he looks upon us, he sees Jesus because of Jesus' blood sacrifice on the cross. And when I realize that I'm covered with grace, which is his unmerited favor, I don't deserve it, but for free, I got it. And if that doesn't give you something to dance about, to get excited about, I mean, the gospel is good news. And instead of it being slavery or guilt or God is angry at me, it just absolutely sets you free. Well, you know, and you and I were talking, I think it was last week or maybe the week before about, you know, God's word is alive. And what does that mean when we hear it and and execute it? And it that that conversation stuck with me for several days after. And, and the main beef of it, if you missed that episode, is, you know, God's word is living in us when we put his word into action. And so that's you know, in a, in a nutshell, without a three-point sermon, that's it. <laughs> but think about this. Think, And this is where I feel like we get discouraged sometime in our faith is that, you know, the Word becomes alive in us, and then we want to share it, right? You know, we can't wait to tell people what God's doing in our lives. But the thing that I realized as I thought about that conversation and what that truly means, and there's nothing wrong with it, is that the people that we try to share it with are not ready oftentimes to hear us because they they haven't experienced God in that way and maybe you come off as you know one of those street corner you know you know bible belt beating you know uh, charismatic whatever you want to call it and there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff but the thing that I love when you think about God not being disappointed us and his word is alive is let it transform your actions so that it makes people ask you why you're different oh that's powerful ace because I, I I don't I don't want to go. Oh, I can't wait to tell you what God showed me this morning. Because I know, like, like think about when you're talking to someone who's not a morning person, and you're like full of energy, and they're like, "Well, you just dial it down." <laughs> and I feel like that's how we are in our faith. Oftentimes, is that we're in a place that we try to, and then people are like, "Oh, I'm not ready to digest that right now," and they just kind of push you away. But really, let that word and, and, and that epiphany that now you are in a place to receive God's word, that you can let it take over your actions, and then you don't have to worry about it. he's disappointed in you. He's making his word alive in you so that in time, people are like, man, I don't know what's going on with Roxanne, but whoa, she is on fire about something. I got to find out. Let me call her. You know, And that's, that, to me, that's a huge testimony. We are to be salt and light. That is so good and so true, Ace. Secrets from people in the happiest relationships. Let's examine this, shall we? They're able to tell the truth. And, you know, I used to hide things. I used to twist things. I used to try to be somebody I wasn't in order to make somebody love me. Yep. And well, that's a recipe for disaster. 
Yeah. And think about the number of times you, and you may have done this with Wayne. I know I'm guilty of this with my wife, Tawny is the things that people said and did in the relationships prior to them. I either didn't allow myself to be vulnerable and transparent because I thought, well, at some point, because other people didn't let me be transparent and vulnerable or you'd used it against me, she's going to do the same when Tawny and Wayne were the perfect people for us. So they were trying to draw that out of us. And I remember having that discussion. It was kind of a heat. And she's like, will you just tell me and stop letting this be a trigger? Like stop shutting Aww. down. Like I, I would, I would just put up the wall and go, I don't want to talk about this because I, I felt like that was the thing. As soon as I talk about it, she's going to judge me or she's going to be like, yeah, okay. I, I loved you to this point. We're done, you know, but she didn't. And it, it, and that's what I love about true. And we've talked about this, the sanctuary of the relationship that God can create for us. How amazing is that, that you can be your ugliest self and they go, you're so cute, you know? And that's that, that not, not a lot of people allow themselves to experience that. They don't because they're afraid just like you were. What a beautiful love story that you would be able to be your most vulnerable about something that somebody else didn't appreciate and she was able to love you. And and I bet through that you were healed, right? Yep. Isn't that Absolutely. completely healing when it happens when you're like, this is the thing I've shared it with you now. What do you think? And they're still there yeah. loving you maybe even more. Yeah, Oof. Absolutely. Yeah, because I I know that in places where I I do put up those walls, I know that I can come home and have that conversation with her or say that part of me, and she's not going to judge me. She'll be like, I, I know where you're coming from. Let it out. I'm here. Get it all out. Okay, now what? Because oh. my wife knows this much about me. I may think and, and process things in a way that sometimes ain't the most Jesus-like, but she knows that once I've processed it, I'm going to do the most Jesus thing to get through whatever it is that I'm facing. And the only person that sees that side of me is her and God. So, you know, Roxanne and I are not here to be unlimited because we got it all figured out. We are here to go, Hey, want to see you under the curtain? You know? And if you can't accept that, then that's between you and God. But again, we hope that, like we said, allowing yourself to also be that way in your own life and with your walk with God and the relationships you have. And and there are people that are out to hurt you because they're still hurting. So not to give them an excuse or a reason, or maybe you're hurting someone because you're hurt. You got to give yourself that time to heal in an environment that God is trying to create for you to heal. You know, are you still trying to hold on to those relationships that God's like, I cut that cord years ago. Stop. Or are you allowing yourself to connect with those people who really are good for you and healthy and loving you and all of your things? You could be a professional counselor easily. <laughs> I, really? I just don't like to see people struggling because I was that struggler for so long. I, I, I did. And I do have things that I could live in and be, you know, down in the mouth about for the rest of my life. But I don't want to live in that. And if there are people who still want to judge me and hold me to that, that's between them and the situation. I, I've asked for God's forgiveness or I've asked their forgiveness. And if they still want to see me in that light, I can't change that. But I'm also at the age where I don't 
care that they may see me that way. <laughs> but I also hope that at some point that they do see the fruits of the things that have happened since that turnaround that they one day. But if they don't, that's okay. You know, I'm still going to be sitting on the bench next to them in heaven going, remember that time you was <laughs> yeah. mad at me for a long time? I'm glad that's over. You know, it's over. And there's nothing but peace. Mm-hmm. Other great elements to a fabulous relationship. You spend time together, but you're not afraid to spend some time apart. You're kind to one another. You know, some of this is common sense. Yeah. But one thing we need to remember to do is make sure to show your appreciation. And it's not thanks. It's stopping and saying, oh, my gosh, this kitchen looks amazing. You spent so much time on this. It's glowing. It makes me so happy. Thank you. There's a big difference between, oh, thanks, and really saying, wow. I mean, Wayne hauled these hydrangea bushes that were so deep today. And, you know, I casually mentioned they're dying. I would love to have them professionally removed. I look out the window, and there he is. And I'm thinking, how fortunate am I? I barely mentioned something. And my man thinks I'm important enough to go do something about it. And he laughs and says, don't give me that much credit. I just don't want to forget. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I I mean, right then (laughs) my wife, um, it's not often that she's home first on certain days, but the other day she beat me home and brought in the garbage cans from the street, which they're big honking things. I was like, babe, you brought in the garbage cans for me. Like it's those little things that you're like, she loves me, you know, Let yourself be in that. And maybe sometimes that means you need to change or alter your morning routine. I I have learned quickly that my wife and I are different routine-oriented people in the morning. And I have to let her do her thing. She lets me do our thing. And we're there. We stop and pause for hugs and kisses when it's fitting. But for the most part, it can spiral our day if we try to intervene or change that pattern. This is serious stuff. It literally is messing up your life, according to research. Those 18 to 44, 80% are waking up to the alarm on their phone, which is convenient. It's trustworthy. You know it's going to happen, and, and most people do it. The problem with that is if, they're not, if you're not snoozing it, what people are doing is looking directly at work email and at news and they're and you're getting upset and stressed first yeah. thing in the morning and it, it can throw the entire day off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say like if I don't have that time of just me and a cup of coffee in the morning, like my even though my brain is ready to go and like I want to get things checked off, like I, it there is something very therapeutic about it. And the same thing on the flip side on on the back side of my night, I like things to be chilled and and very relaxed and if you know, if I don't get those bookends, it, how I start and end the next day, you know, it's oftentimes affected. Well, they say one thing that is very effective. And I think this is really cool in the evening. You need to totally forget work. Otherwise you're plagued with work all the time. They say, have a routine, whether it's taking off your work clothes and putting on like sweats and getting comfy Mm -hmm. or having a certain beverage that indicates, Hey, I'm at home. Yep. Something that changes your mindset so that you're not caught up in work all the time because it will get you how to stop thinking about work all the time work worry 
is a major problem for a lot of Americans. And there's a podcast called Dear Therapists, and they hear all the time from people who can't turn off the work clock. Dr. Winch, yes, that is his name, poor guy. Uh, a popular TED Talk on this subject researched it and says the problem is rumination. We have a problem at work, and then we think about it. We think about it. We think about it again. We think about it. We're not solving it, and so we're thinking about it. So several ways to deal with this, and I know you do this, Ace. I don't because I am so picky. If I write stuff down and I don't like it, I it, then I, it gives me something else to ruminate about. It's keeping a journal. Yeah. I wish I could do that like you do. Well, and I'm not as great on it as I used to be. I I will say this. I, I think if you can't, if you don't find yourself journaling, write yourself the occasional letter. Like, you know, dear Roxanne, here's what's <laughs> happening in my life. And, and you just kind of, and even if you never go back to read it again, you've kind of processed things emotionally and intellectually and you got it out or hold on to them so that a year from now you go back and read a letter to yourself and you're like, wow, I was, last year was crazy or man, that was a good thing that was going on. I, let's re-celebrate that. It's the one year anniversary of da, 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 you know? <laughs> so, so, so there are benefits to the journaling. It, and I know, you know, as a musician, a lot of times songwriting can sometimes, even if it's just a song for me, it's, a way to process an event or an emotion or something so that creatively I'm getting it out rather than just, you know, harboring it inside forever. And an apple and blackberry crisp like I made today, you know, when you have to peel all those apples, it's just <laughs> ah, it takes your mind off all your troubles. One guy who loves to do that is Turin Newell at Birmingham Mortgage Group, our great friend. He was so affirming to everybody, but Listen, he is tenacious. Mm. If you have an issue that is preventing you from getting into the home that you love to having a mortgage with a rate that you love, he will get to it. I mean, he yep. does the research. He digs around. He finds the perfect program designed for you. It's it's really remarkable what he's been able to pull off. Yeah, and I love because I can speak firsthand that, you know, we wouldn't be in our home if it wasn't for the great programs that he educates himself on to let you know, hey, this is available for this, you know, so that no matter where you are in the tax bracket, you're not just having to stay in a renter's environment the rest of your life. So let him help you find out about pre-qualification before you start, you know, looking for that dream home or the one you drive by over and over again that you don't think you'll ever be able to afford. Let Turin help you. You can set up your appointment today. Just go to behammortgage.com or give him a call. Tell him you heard about it on Roxanne and Ace Unlimited, 205-259-1656. And Graham Lotz, Billy Graham's daughter, one of his daughters, is such a great Bible teacher, and she really touched me with the devotion. She writes about Psalm 37, 4 through 5. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. That's saying a lot. But the example she gives kind of mess with me. She talked about Adam. Here Adam is in this beautiful garden. All of the animals are created. The animals have a partner. And he realizes he's alone. Mm. And he's able to express this to a God that loves us so much. That's his desire is not to be lonely. And out of the man, God makes woman. Mm. Talk about meeting your most 
intimate desire and creating what I think is such a beautiful thing. Our differences are beautiful. Yeah. Well, and it's a great reminder too, that oftentimes we read this verse and it makes us believe, or we want to believe in our faith that I can go to God with my Santa Claus list and go, these are my desires, Lord, give me. And what we forget and what we learn as we mature in our faith is that he gave us the desires and took away the fleshly ones and the ones that, you know, would get us in trouble or, or in the, with the person that wasn't quite right for us and then makes the desire stronger for the direction that you want to be in, which ultimately is in his will. So I love that he gives us the desires of our heart so that we can be on fire for where he's taking us so that, okay, God, I don't know, because I love when people go, how'd you get to do that? Oh, God opened that door. Like, <laughs> I just went, you know? And so I think that's the beautiful thing. And she paints that picture so vividly. And and there's so many great stories through the Graham family of forgiveness and, and, and opportunities where, you know, you, you thought you were going in the direction that God wanted, or, or maybe you were trying to do your own thing for a while. And, you know, Billy Graham, you know, and the most humble man that he always was, welcome his daughter right then in her drive in the driveway like you know there was no no yesterday and 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 to me that's the way god is that's the way he is when we come to a relationship with christ is he opens his arms and go welcome home and that's the ultimate that's what you want and what you need to be seeking out well and his son kind of went off the rails for a while we know that talk about the pressure to be billy graham's child sure it must sure. have been mind-boggling. I mean, what a joy and a privilege, yeah. but at the same time, pressure. It's like Billy Joel's song, pressure, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And we end this lovely podcast with the oddest of odd stories. I even thought about not doing it because it's so weird, but there is a man who spent $14,000 so he could be a collie, a dog. And it's a costume. It took a lot of time for a company to make. And I'm just going to say it. You would not know the difference between him and a collie dog standing there. I Listen, the pictures are so incredible. I mean, it's his eyes. They look like a dog's eyes. But the rest of it, oh, I'm telling you what. And he says, well, I don't tell anybody at work about my collie costume because they're going to think it's weird. Dude, you're all over social media with it. You have a YouTube right. channel. You, I mean, and you don't want your coworkers to know that you really wanted to be a collie dog. I mean, maybe it doesn't say he had an obsession with Lassie, but makes you think, he, I don't know how old he is. People don't remember Lassie now. Please right. tell me you remember Wait, Lassie. I remember I'm older Lassie. Than you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Timmy fell down the well. Like, I remember that. Yeah. I feel like we're so transparent week to week that we uh, remind our we remind ourselves how much older we really are. It's like you don't you don't remember that. I do. I was there. I do. You know, I was there. Oh, good. Well, I feel a little better. He said, "I know it's weird that I want to be a dog, but I wanted it and I got it, and now millions of people are watching him. You know, be this get in this costume, which is really really amazing." Yeah, that's that's when you need just need to get a, a cup of the Roxanne blend of coffee and just 
think about what else you could do with $14,000, but hashtag no judgment. Uh, but uh, Roxanne Blend available at RoxanneandAce.com. It, uh, it, it's amazing. Like, it smells good. It's one of those where it should be more than just a cup of coffee. If I could put a wick in it and light it, I would. Like, it's... it's <laughs> one of the most and i'm a coffee snob so trust me i'm not just saying it because she's sitting right there it is amazing well you know you would get your french press out and i'd be like well i don't know how to drink coffee like ace uh so yeah you know what you're talking about and you want to talk about delicious oh and the smell is i think the smell is happiness mm. i got to pick it out it's got my name on the bag. Go to mybrotherscup.com. And what it does is it sends missionary teams around the world. They go to Burma, which is super dangerous. And people get saved off of this coffee. Welcome to our country. You're selling coffee. Welcome. And then they're selling Jesus. I love it. It's so good. Of course, <laughs> check it out, RoxanneandAce.com. And uh, before we go, I do want to say a quick shout out. My mom is another year younger. So uh, I got... I still haven't had a chance to celebrate with her, uh, but uh, you'll appreciate this. So we were talking earlier about, you know, how we kind of are, you know, we're, we're of the Lassie generation, still there. Um, <laughs> but I, she, as a kid, she used to sing Henry VIII from Herman's Hermits. Like she would dance around the house and I'm Henry VIII. And she would <laughs> like, that. that's how she would come and wake my brother up in the morning sometimes. Aww. And so when Cameo became a thing, which is basically like, you know, greetings from celebrities, you find someone that they like and you, you know, can pay to have them either <sighs> say, you know, do a greeting or some kind of celebration thing. So I found Peter Noon, the lead singer of Permits Hermits, wow. and he actually did a birthday greeting for my mom and <gasps> sang the song to her on the video. And I sent that to her on her birthday. And I was like, I know you love this song. So, you know, happy birthday. And she was like, you know, you have crazy ways to get in touch with celebrities. How did you do this? You know, but it was just one of those when, you know, my mom who has everything, what do you get her for her birthday? Uh, but it just gave her. And then, of course, you know, four or five days later, I cannot get that song out of my head. Doesn't matter what I'm listening to. As soon as I hear silence or I try to go to sleep at night. I'm like, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm up. Let's just come on. Second verse, same as the first. So anyway, well, it doesn't surprise me. You're the best gift giver. I was reaching for coffee for a mug that was insulated. And as I reached down, I, there was, you know, the one you gave me that has books all over it because, you know, I'm book obsessed. And one of my bookmarks reminds me of you every day because I use it. And, yeah. you know, that's when you really, I think it's a demonstration of how much you love somebody when you see that they use it what they enjoy and you want to feed into that. And so when you wear your diamond dogs t-shirt, it makes me really. <laughs> I love my diamond dogs t-shirt. Do you realize how many times I have rewatched Ted Lasso since the last, <sighs> since the finale? Like I, 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 I can't stop. Like there's just that connection. So I love my shirt. So thank you for that. I'll have to wear it for next week's episode, but <laughs> thanks as always for hanging out with us. We want to say thanks to my brother's cup and Birmingham mortgage group. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Roxanne, I love you. Love you bunches. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneandAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.